Section 32 of Micrographia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shelley Turner. Micrographia by Robert Hooke. Section 32. Observation 27 of the beard of a wild oat and the use that may be made of it for exhibiting always to the eye the temperature of the air as to dryness and moisture the beard of a wild oat is a body of a very curious structure though to the naked eye it appears very slight and inconsiderable it being only a small black or brown beard or bristle which grows out of the side of the inner husk that covers the grain of a wild oat the whole length of it when put in water so that it may extend itself to its full length is not above an inch and a half and for the most part somewhat shorter but when the grain is ripe and very dry which is usually in the months of july and august this beard is bent somewhat below the middle namely about two-fifths from the bottom of it almost to a right angle and the under part of it is wreathed like a width the substance of it is very brittle when dry and it will very easily be broken from the husk on which it grows. If you take one of these grains and wet the beard in water, you will presently see the small bended top to turn and move round, as if it were sensible, and by degrees, if it be continued wet enough, the joint or knee will straighten itself, and if it be suffered to dry again, it will by degrees move round another way, and at length bend again into its former posture." If it be viewed with an ordinary single microscope, it will appear like a small wreathed sprig with two clefts, and if wet as before, and then looked on with this microscope, it will appear to unwreath itself, and by degrees to straighten its knee, and the two clefts will become straight, and almost on opposite sides of the small cylindrical body. If it be continued to be looked on a little longer with a microscope, it will within a little while begin to wreath itself again and soon after return to its former posture, bending itself again near the middle into a kind of knee or angle. Several of those bodies I examined with larger microscopes, and there found them much of the make of those two long wreathed cylinders delineated in the second figure of the fifteen scheme, which two cylinders represent the wreathed part broken into two pieces, whereof the end, A, B, is supposed to have joined to the end CD, so that EACF does represent the whole wreathed part of the beard, and EG, a small piece of the upper part of the beard, which is beyond the knee, which, as I had not room to insert, so was it not very considerable, either for its form or any known property. But the under or wreathed part is notable for both. As to its form, it appeared if it were looked on sideways, almost like a willow or a small tapering rod of hazel, the lower or bigger half of which onely is twisted round several times, in some three, in others more, in others less, according to the bigness and maturity of the grain on which it grew, and according to the dryness and moisture of the ambient air, as I shall show more at large by and by. The whole outward superficies of this cylindrical body is curiously adorned or fluted with little channels and interjacent ridges or little protuberances between them, which run the whole length of the beard and are straight where the beard is not twisted 
and wreathed where it is just after the same manner each of those sides is beset pretty thick with small brides or thorns somewhat in form resembling that of porcupine quills such as a a a a a in the figure all whose points are directed like so many turnpikes towards the small end or top of the beard which is the reason why if you endeavor to draw the beard between your fingers the contrary way you will find it to stick and grate as it were against the skin the proportion of these small conical bodies a a a a a to that whereon they grow the figure will sufficiently show as also their manner of growing their thickness and nearness to each other as that towards the root or bottom of the beard they are more thin and much shorter insomuch that there is usually left between the top of the one and the bottom of that next above it more than the length of one of them and that towards the top of the beard they grow more thick and close though there be fewer ridges so that the root and almost half the upper are hid by the tops of those next below them i could not perceive any transverse pores unless the whole wreathed part were separated and cleft in those little channels by the wreathing into so many little strings as there were ridges which was very difficult to determine but there were in the wreathed part two very conspicuous channels or clefts which were continued from the bottom f to the elbow e h or all along the part which was wreathed which seemed to divide the wreathed cylinder into two parts a bigger and a less the bigger was that which was at the convex side of the knee namely on the side a and was wreathed by o o o o o this as it seemed the broader so did it also the longer the other p p p p p which was usually pursed or wrinkled in the bending of the knee as about e seemed both the shorter and the narrower so that at first i thought the wreathing and unwreathing of the beard might have been caused by the shrinking or swelling of that part but upon further examination i sound that the clefts k k l l were stuffed up with a kind of spongy substance which for the most part was very conspicuous near the knee as in the cleft k k when the beard was dry upon the discovery of which i began to think that it was upon the swelling of this porous pith upon the access of moisture or water that the beard being made longer in the midst was straightened and by the shrinking or subsiding of the parts of that spongy substance together when the water or moisture was exhaled or dried the pith or middle parts growing shorter the whole became twisted but this i cannot be positive in for upon cutting the wreathed part in many places transversely i was not so well satisfied with the shape and the manner of the pores of the pith for looking on these transverse sections with a very good microscope i found that the ends of those transverse sections appeared much of the manner of the third figure of the fifteen scheme a b c f e and the middle of the pith c c seemed very full of pores indeed but all of them seemed to run the long ways this figure plainly enough shows in what manner those clefts k and l divided the wreath cylinder into two unequal parts and also of what kind of substance the whole body consists for by cutting the same beard in many places with transverse sections i found much the same appearance with this expressed 
so that those pores seem to run, as in most other such caney bodies, the whole length of it. The clefts of this body, KK and LL, seemed, as is also expressed in the figure, to wind very oddly in the inner part of the wreath, and in some parts of them they seemed stuffed, as it were, with that spongy substance which I just now described. This so oddly constituted vegetable substance is first, that I have met with, taken notice of by Batista Porta in his Natural Magic, as a thing known to children and jugglers, and it has been called by some of those last-named persons, the better to cover their cheat, the leg of an Arabian spider, or the leg of an enchanted Egyptian fly, and has been used by them to make a small index, cross, or the like, to move round upon the wetting of it with a drop of water, and muttering certain words. But the use that has been made of it for the discovery of the various constitutions of the air, as to dryness and moistness, is incomparably beyond any other, for this it does to admiration. The manner of contriving it so, as to perform this great effect, is onely thus. Provide a good large box of ivory, about four inches over, and of what depth you shall judge convenient, according to your intention of making use of one, two, three, or more of these small beards, ordered in the manner which I shall by and by describe. Let all the sides of this box be turned of basket-work, which here in London is easily enough procured, full of holes, in the manner almost of a lettuce, the bigger or more the holes are, the better, that so the air may have the more free passage to the enclosed beard, and may the more easily pass through the instrument. It will be better yet, though not altogether so handsome, if instead of the basket-work on the sides of the box, the bottom and the top of the box be joined together onely with three or four small pillars, after the manner represented in the four figure of the fifteen scheme or if you intend to make use of many of these small beards joined together you may have a small long case of ivory whose sides are turned of basket-work full of holes which may be screwed on to the underside of a broad plate of ivory on the other side of which is to be made the divided ring or circle to which divisions the pointing of the hand or index which is moved by the conjoined beard, may show all the minute variations of the air. There may be multitudes of other ways for contriving this small instrument, so as to produce this effect, which any one may, according to his peculiar use and the exigency of his present occasion, easily enough contrive and take, on which I shall not therefore insist. The whole manner of making any one of them is thus— Having your box or frame, A-A-B-B, fitly adapted for the free passage of the air through it, in the midst of the bottom, B-B-B, you must have a very small hole, C, into which the lower end of the beard is to be fixed, the upper end of which beard, A-B, is to pass through a small hole of a plate, or top, A-A, if you make use onely of a single one, and on the top of it, E, is to be fixed a small and very light, index FG, made of a very thin sliver of a reed or cane. But if you make use of two or more beards, they must be fixed and bound together, either with a very fine piece of silk or with a very small touch of hard wax or glue, which is better, 
and the index fg is to be fixed on the top of the second third or fourth in the same manner as on the single one now because that in every of these contrivances the index fg will with some temperatures of air move two three or more times round which without some other contrivance than this will be difficult to distinguish therefore i thought of this expedient the index or hand fg being raised a pretty way above the surface of the plate a a fix in at a little distance from the middle of it a small pin h so as almost to touch the surface of the plate a a and then in any convenient place of the surface of the plate fix a small pin on which put on a small piece of paper or thin pasteboard vellum or parchment made of a convenient size and shaped in the manner of that in the figure expressed by i k so that having a convenient number of teeth every turn or return of the pin h may move the small indented circle a tooth forward or backwards by which means the teeth of the circle being marked it will be thereby very easy to know certainly how much variation any change of weather will make upon the small wreathed body in the making of this secondary circle of vellum or the like great care is to be had that it be made exceeding light and to move very easily for otherwise a small variation will spoil the whole operation the box may be made of brass silver iron or any other substance if care be taken to make it open enough to let the air have a sufficiently free access to the beard the index also may be various ways contrived so as to show both the number of the revolutions it makes and the minute divisions of each revolution i have made several trials and instruments for discovering the dryness and moisture of the air with this little wreathed body and find it to vary exceedingly sensibly with the least change in the constitution of the air as to dryness and moisture so that with one breathing upon it i have made it untwist a whole bout and the index or hand has showed or pointed to various divisions on the upper face or ring of the instrument according as it was carried nearer and nearer to the fire or as the heat of the sun increased upon it other trials i have made with gut strings to find them nothing near so sensible though they also may be so contrived as to exhibit the changes of the air as to dryness and moisture both by their stretching and shrinking in length and also by their wreathing and unwreathing themselves but these are nothing near so exact or so tender for their varying property will in a little time change very much but there are several other vegetable substances that are much more sensible than even this beard of a wild oat such i have found the beard of the seed of muskgrass or geranium muscatum and those of other kinds of cranesbill seeds and the like but always the smaller the wreathing substance be the more sensible is it of the mutations of the air a conjecture at the reason of which i shall by and by add the lower end of this wreathed cylinder being stuck upright in a little soft wax so that the bended part or index of it lay horizontal i have observed it always with moisture to unwreathe itself from the east for instance by the south to the west and so by the north to the east again moving with the sun as we commonly say and with the heat and drouth to retwist and the wreath itself the contrary way namely from the east for instance by the north to the west and so onwards 
the cause of all which phenomena seems to be the differing texture of the parts of these bodies each of them especially the beard of a wild oat and of musk grass seed seeming to have two kind of substances one that is very porous loose and spongy into which the watery steams of the air may be very easily forced which will be thereby swelled and extended in its dimensions just as we may observe all kind of vegetable substance upon steeping in water to swell and grow bigger and longer and a second that is more hard and close into which the water can very little or not at all penetrate this therefore retaining always very near the same dimensions and the other stretching and shrinking according as there is more or less moisture or water in its pores by reason of the make and shape of the parts the whole body must necessarily unwreath and wreath itself and upon this principle it is very easy to make several sorts of contrivances that should thus wreath and unwreath themselves either by heat and cold or by dryness and moisture or by any greater or less force from whatever cause it proceed whether from gravity or weight or from wind which is motion of the air or from some springing body or the like this had i time i should enlarge much more upon for it seems to me to be the very first footstep of sensation and animate motion the most plain simple and obvious contrivance that nature has made use of to produce a motion next to that of rarefaction and condensation by heat and cold and were this principle very well examined i am very apt to think it would afford us a very great help to find out the mechanism of the muscles which indeed as far as i have hitherto been able to examine seems to me not so very perplexed as one might imagine especially upon the examination which i made of the muscles of crabs lobsters and several sorts of large shellfish and comparing my observations on them with the circumstances i observed in the muscles of terrestrial animals now as in this instance of the beard of a wild oat we see there is nothing else requisite to make it wreath and unwreath itself and to straighten and bend its knee than only a little breath of moist or dry air or a small atom almost of water or liquor and a little heat to make it again evaporate for by holding this beard placed and fixed as i before directed near a fire and dipping the tip of a small shred of paper in well rectified spirit of wine and then touching the wreath's cylindrical part you may perceive it to untwist itself and presently again upon the avulation of the spirit by the great heat it will retwist itself and thus will it move forward and backwards as oft as you repeat the touching it with the spirit of wine so may perhaps the shrinking and relaxing of the muscles be by the influx and evaporation of some kind of liquor or juice but of this inquiry i shall add more elsewhere end of section thirty two